0: Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word podcast. Jason Jimenez with you as always. So glad that you are tuning in. You know, right off the bat, I'm going to ask you a question, my friend, and it's this. Are you restful or are you restless? You know, we're living in a time today where so many Christians are restless. They can't sleep at night. They're discouraged. They have a defeated or dejected faith. And they're just struggling. Now, if you're a Christian right now and you are restless and you're struggling, I'm glad you've tuned in because today the title of the message is Jesus is our Sabbath. And as I was preparing for this podcast, I certainly was filled with great restfulness from christ because only jesus can give us rest my friend and you know that and so i pray that this would fill you up this will encourage you and motivate you to spend more time in god's word and more time in prayer and surround yourself with other christians who are restful because i think a lot of times we spend too many time too much time with people who are so busy and they're consumed with their time and what they have to get done and all that's going on in their life that they neglect to meet the needs of people that are around them. So on today's podcast, we're going to be looking at how we can find rest in Jesus. All right, so to bring you up to speed, Jesus is still doing ministry in Galilee. He just came from the Feast of the Jews, which was possibly during, you know, on the Passover day in Jerusalem, where he healed a paralytic on the Sabbath. Now today, we're going to be seeing two things uh, regarding the Sabbath on two different Sabbaths. And in one Sabbath, we're going to see the Pharisees get on Jesus because of what his disciples had, had done that they thought was a no-no. And the other thing we're going to see is Jesus healing a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath. So there's three key things I want to share with you on the podcast today as we're looking through the gospel accounts. The first one is this. Jesus proclaims his authority over the Sabbath. That comes from Matthew chapter 12, 1-8. through 8. Mark chapter 2, 23 through 28, and Luke chapter 6, 1 through 5. Now, in these different passages of scripture, we're going to be jumping around as we're getting a bigger, clearer picture of what the synoptic gospels, how they put things in perspective, right? Because remember, some of them leave out other details where others put them in. So when we put them all together, it gives us a great picture of what's really going on. So let's start in Matthew chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. It says, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, His disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. Now, in Luke chapter 6, verse 1, it says, They plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands. Back to Matthew 12, verse 2. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read? What David did when he was hungry and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how the Sabbath, on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. Now in Mark chapter two, verse 27, Mark writes it this way. And Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Okay, so let's unpack this to figure out what is going on here. So in Matthew chapter 12, verse one, when Jesus was going through the grain fields on the Sabbath with with his disciples, they had plucked heads of grain to eat okay now based on the law in Leviticus 9 19 verse 9 in 2322 the edges of the fields were to be left unharvested for the poor to come and to gather for themselves this was an act of compassion so it was perfectly lawful for what the disciples were doing to help themselves to their neighbors grain fields and do De- according to Deuteronomy 23:25 however when the disciples notice this they see this they say this is unlawful because they are citing Exodus 28 through 11 stating that plucking wheat and reaping and rubbing it in their hands was a violation on the Sabbath. So once again, the disciples are, are being accused and attacked. And, and because of that, Jesus is, is, is indicted along with these accusations of the Pharisees, and they're trying to discredit Jesus and his disciples. Now, I believe strongly that many of the Pharisees and Sadducees knew who Jesus was. He wasn't just a rabbi and a carpenter from Joseph. He was the Messiah, but they didn't want to worship him. They didn't want to give up their authority. They had put people in bondage. They were in control. They were very, very prideful, very, very pro- uh, powerful. And so to, to, for, for them to have to surrender, okay, what was going on in their lives for the sake of the Messiah wasn't something they were willing to do. So what they set out to do was to paint Jesus as a dangerous radical that abused the law, for his own benefit, even though that's what they were doing. Now, notice how Jesus responds. He mentions King David who entered the house of God and ate at the bread of the presence. Now, Jesus is responding to them by using a story that occurred in 1 Samuel 21, 1 through 6. And if you go back to Mark chapter 2, verse 26, it mentions that this was the time of Abathar, the high priest. Okay, so in this period of time, King David went in there and they ate the showbread, okay? Now, why did Jesus make mention of this? The first thing is this. Here's the first point. David's life and the lives of his men were far more important than observing a law set by set up by the priests. The second point that Jesus makes to the Pharisees in response to their accusation that they were breaking the Sabbath was the priests themselves. You see in Numbers chapter 28, priests, they worked on the Sabbath And not only did they work on the Sabbath, but they doubled their work in order to keep the communion between God and Israel going. Why? Because they had to double their offerings and sacrifices. The third and final point that Jesus makes to the Pharisees is that not only is he greater than David, King David himself, but according to Matthew 12, verse 6, Jesus is greater than the temple, which by the way, remember, was something that the Jewish people, they began to worship, right? Not God who made them make the temple in order to worship him, but they were worshiping their practices and their their prestigious roles that they played to the people. And Jesus is saying, I'm greater than the temple. And not only that, but in Matthew 12 verse eight, he says, I'm Lord of the Sabbath, which was a direct affirmation that he is God because God created the Sabbath. So the first thing we see is that Jesus proclaims his authority over the Sabbath, which was a direct affirmation that he himself is God. Here is the second point now. Jesus demonstrates not only his power over the Sabbath, but his power on the Sabbath. So now let's take a look at three different passages that describe this account with this man with a withered hand. We're going to start in Luke chapter 6, verse 6. It says, On another Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and was teaching... And a man was there whose right hand was withered and the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. Now let's jump to Matthew chapter 12, verse 10. So it says, the scribes and Pharisees, they asked Jesus this question, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Now they asked this question, Matthew tells us, so that they might accuse him. Now let's jump back to Luke chapter 6, verse 8. It says, but he, Jesus, knew their thoughts. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come and stand here. And the man with the withered hand rose and he stood there. Now let's jump back to Matthew chapter 12, verse verse 11. So then after Jesus does it, it says, and Jesus said to them, which one of you who has a sheep, if he falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? of how much more value is a man than a sheep. So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Now let's jump back to Luke chapter six, verse nine. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? And after looking around at them all, Jesus said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored just like the other but they were all filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. Now, here's what's interesting. So, when, we, when we're looking at the context from Matthew, Mark, and Luke's perspective, we know the scribes and Pharisees are there. They pose another question to try to discredit Jesus, to catch him into a lie or he's a lawbreaker. And we we're told that Jesus knew their thoughts in Luke 6, 8. And then he calls the man with a withered hand publicly, not privately. He doesn't say, hey, look, I don't want to deal with this. Jesus deals with this head on, calls the man up. Okay. And here, the sad thing is these religious leaders were totally making fun of like, you know, putting this man down. He's in total need. They can't do anything. And, and you know, what's interesting, my friend is the fact that they saw the situation with this man and they knew that Jesus can heal. And they wanted to see if he would do it. See, they're not even mesmerized. They're not even in awe of the wonder of Jesus and his power and his authority. They're filled with jealousy. And they're filled with rage because we're told in Mark chapter three verse five that when they pose that question to Jesus, and he told the man to come stand here, you have this man who who needs help. He needs healing. And so Jesus is he's looking around in this synagogue? Could you imagine the setting? How awkward that was. And as Jesus is looking around, Mark 3 tells us that Jesus with anger and grieved at their hardness of heart. So then he looks at this man and he says, stretch out your hand. And he does. And we're told in Matthew chapter 12, verse 13, that as this man stretched out his hand, as he was told by Jesus to do so, his hand was restored healthy like the other. And then we're told in Mark chapter 3, verse 6, the Pharisees went out and immediately they held a council with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. So we're told here in Luke 6, 6 that the two previous Sabbaths, the Pharisees and the scribes, again, they try to accuse Jesus and they're doing it again. This time they want him to, to do a healing on the Sabbath. Never mind where the power comes from, they know it comes from God. And so if somebody is healed. They know that is an act of God, but what they're more concerned about was not the healing of a human being. They're more concerned about obeying and observing the Sabbath, right? So Jesus displays this extraordinary willpower by remaining so faithful and so direct and so kind and teaching in these hostile environments. Jesus tell, he, when they, when they asked, you know, the question, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? we are told that they're looking at him, right? And they are trying to accuse him for something. And Jesus, upon questioning or upon answering the questions of the Pharisees, knowing their thoughts, just boldly calls the man up. I love that. I love that. See, my friend, as I was asking earlier, when it comes to restlessness, when it comes to something that's crippled you or that you're struggling with, you know, when you come to Jesus, when you stand before Jesus and he calls you out and he says, come to me, all who are heavy and burdened and I will give you rest. He was telling this man with a withered hand, see, look, the, the religion here in this place is going to keep you in bondage. They're going to keep you at bay. They're not here truly to help you, but I am. And I'm going I'm to call you up and I'm going to call you to stand by my side. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to identify that you do have a problem. I'm going to call that problem out, whether it's sin whether it's a withered hand in this case, whatever it is. And when Jesus gives you the word, you are to obey my friend because that's where the peace will then come because it's an act of obedience to him. See, Jesus doesn't walk away from the situation. He dealt with it right there and he wants to deal with your restlessness right here, right now. I love the fact that Jesus focuses in on not just showing them the contradiction that if they had an animal who falls in the Sabbath, on the Sabbath in a pit, they would take them out. How much more value, right, is uh, a human life than, than what they're making it um, out to be? So much more important because that's see Jesus values life. And these Pharisees certainly didn't. They would make an exception for an animal, but they would neglect the care of those human beings who are in need. You see, the Pharisees abused the law. Their hearts were hard, we're told. They use legalism to abuse people, to keep them in slavery. Jesus comes on scene and not only does he expose their abuse and their double standards, but he brings healing and forgiveness, which gives us the rest that you and I need. The Pharisees bring legalism. Jesus brings love. The Pharisees bring bondage. Jesus brings and gives and offers freedom. And my friend, that freedom is where you and I find our rest. Jesus's second question gets to the heart of the Sabbath. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill it? Something the leaders in this case completely failed to realize, which explains why Mark states that Jesus was angry and that he was grieved over their situation. Not just because of the way they treated this man with a withered hand, but because they were lost these were lost people that thought that they knew the truth and i love the fact that jesus says stretch out your hand in the end again what great power of jesus and what great faith by the way that it took this man to attempt to stretch out his hand a feat that he probably couldn't had probably done his entire life but in obe- but, but but in responding to what jesus told him to do he does it and he's healed as a result so the first thing that we see that we've seen so far in our podcast is that Jesus has authority over the Sabbath. The second thing we saw was that Jesus demonstrates his power on the Sabbath. And then the final thing now is in the midst of all the stuff that Jesus is dealing with, he withdraws for his own Sabbath. We're told in Mark chapter three, verses seven through 12 now, after all this occurred, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea. And then a great crowd comes following him from Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Edumea, And from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon, when the great crowd heard all that was what he was doing, they came to him and he told the disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd. At least they crushed him for he had healed many. So that all who had diseases pressed around him to to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, these unclean spirits fell down before him and they cried out, you are the son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. Now in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 17, All this, we're told, was to fulfill what what the spoken prophet said, Isaiah. He said, Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench, until he brings justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will hope. Here's the bottom line. As we conclude on this podcast today, Jesus has authority. He, he shows that power on the Sabbath. And finally, what we see is that Jesus lived it himself. As a human being, Jesus got overwhelmed at times. And what did he have to do? He had to withdraw himself. Did you know, my friend, that Jesus took breaks from his public ministry to rest many times and to protect himself in, his growing, in the growing population of his disciples that would follow him and 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 even in the midst of the, all this religious opposition and these threats for his life, we we're told in a in a particular commentary. I want to read this from the Word Studies in the New Testament. Um, that right here it says Mark alone notes no less than eleven occasions on which Jesus retired from his work in order to escape his enemies or to pray in solitude for rest or for private conference with his disciples. My friend, if Jesus has had to do that from time to time in his ministry. Um, Are you, are you taking time to rest mentally and physically? That's going to be part of the problem. If you're not really doing that, uh, I I encourage you to do so because we see Jesus actually doing this. The other thing we see with this great crowd, when they heard all the things that that Jesus was doing, they came looking for him. And that was part of his ministry. We're told in Isaiah 42, one through five, that Jesus, the suffering servant, the servant of Yahweh over and over again, Jesus described himself as a servant. He came to serve not to be served. And he lived this example and brought so much rest and so much peace to so many people. When you and I look through the gospel accounts and when you and I look at the book of, of Acts, we see Peter in his Acts 3 sermon that he gave the title to our Savior Jesus as Servant Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, the praying people of God spoke of your holy servant Jesus. And the thing is, my friend, is that Jesus isn't just a servant, he is the servant, and everyone should behold, as the Lord says, my servant. So my friend, I end with this now as you and I looked at the fact that Jesus has authority over the Sabbath, that he has power on the Sabbath, that he give he has given us the Sabbath so that we can find rest. But in the end, all this is a culmination to point to the fact that Jesus is our Sabbath, that he is our witness, he is our example. So I pray that you will continue to walk in the peace and the rest of Jesus. Don't be discouraged. Don't don't allow the ways of this world to bring you down. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And with that, my friend, as you spend time with him, you will find rest and you will find rest abundantly. May the Lord richly bless you. And I will see you on the next podcast. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the word of God.